Welcome back to Prince on the Pod. This is your host, Sam Prince. And for today's episode, I'll be interviewing Brendan Kaminsky. Kaminsky has worked at ESPN for six years. First of those couple years, he was a segment producer and manager. And then in 2019, he became the senior manager and talent social manager of ESPN. And then he left ESPN to start his own company, Be Known. And it's a social media and branding agency within the world of sports and entertainment. Brendan, thank you for coming here. And Brendan, when you worked at ESPN, what was it? That's every person's dream to work for ESPN. You got to talk to some of the biggest names in sports, Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, Adrian Wojnarowski, yes, Woj, Adam Schefter, and many others. Yeah. Well, first of all, Sam, thank you so much for having me and so much respect for, for you and, and your show. And uh, keep on grinding because I think it's awesome. Uh, as far as working at ESPN, I mean, ESPN was a dream. You know, I, I was watched it growing up just like everyone. And to actually work there, and to see the studios and work in Connecticut and see these personalities up close and personal. Uh, it was, it was a blast. And I was fortunate in that I got a lot of exposure to, to the personalities and it was, um, it was amazing. Cause I'm huge fans, right. Just like you are, just like a lot of us are. Um, but I, I kept it professional and I, you know, do my thing and, you know, tried to, you know, for me and with my career and being at ESPN, I want to be good at one thing. I think that's a good thing for people to know. And for me, I just wanted, you know, when it comes to social media, you know, for them to, to rely upon me um, and for ESPN as a company to have trust in me. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to say, but ESPN is, is an incredible platform and, uh, you know, still love them so much. Now you said you were good at one thing. I think you're you're more than good at one thing, but your thing that you were really good at, at ESPN was social media. And you said in the past that you wanted to get on the social media bandwagon before it became popular. What made you think that way? Yeah. So when I was in college, Sam, I did some stuff with companies outside of the classroom, EA Sports, CBS Sports, for a couple examples, and. I just got exposure to marketing campaigns and for one of them, like we did a campaign and I got to meet Snoop Dogg from it, you know, from just some of the work that we did. Right. So when that happened, it was just like, it really opened my eyes up and no, I can't say that I had a bunch of foresight, but I definitely got interested in it because I saw the tangible results that could come from it. And I genuinely enjoyed it. So and I think as time on, I just started doing more and more with social media and, you know, just wanted to figure out how to apply it to what I love, to sports entertainment. And I think that for anyone, you know, if you follow your passion and what you're, what you're, what you like doing, it doesn't seem like a job and um, you'll, you'll get a lot of personal satisfaction out of it. So I think it was just trial and error. It was seeing the tangible results, seeing who I could meet and, um, the real impact it can have and connecting it to the real life. And eventually I just, you know, met a few people and, you know, eventually ended up at ESPN. 
That is still crazy that you worked for ESPN and you got to meet Snoop Dogg. What's Snoop Dogg like? Yeah, so that was a long time ago. Um, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago or, or something, you know, something along those lines. Uh, yeah, maybe nine, 10 years ago, uh, which is crazy to think about, by the way. Um, it was amazing. I mean, you know, we, we, we were at EA Sports, me and my friend, Tyler, and we helped bring this campaign and win this campaign and win this contest to meet Snoop Dogg for like Snoop Dogg did a concert for the school. And we were introduced to him as the people that, you know, made this happen. And he was, he was awesome. Like he was, you know, congrats, like so good to meet you. Like great to be here. Um, it was really cool. So uh, an experience I'll never forget. After meeting Snoop Dogg, was that an inspiration saying, hmm. I got to do this social media thing for a living. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that I put a stamp on it right then and there. I think it was just sort of really got my mind going. And that was, was it, I think that was junior year of college. So it really just made me think of other ways I could apply it uh, and how I can use that as a source for, for marketing, for branding, and for a career, but no, man, I mean, and that's the thing, people get twisted, like, you don't need to know what you want to do when you're in college, or you can have an idea, but, you know, I didn't know necessarily the path where it would take me, uh, I think you keep doing what you like, and eventually it works itself out. When you were in your early stages of your career, getting to ESPN, what were the steps that you took to get there? Mm-hmm. So for me, I had an internship at Bloomberg and I was working there. And I remember I was explaining some of my past experience to somebody at Bloomberg. And that person said, Oh, my brother in law works at ESPN. And I, you know, I'm like, like, no way, that's incredible. Like, I would love to meet that person. So that person introduced me to that person, Brian, his name's Brian Daly. And uh, he, I kept following up and I told him I was really interested in digital and social media. And he's like, oh, I know the social media team at ESPN. I work closely with them. And uh, he introduced me. So it really was, I think it was a good lesson that you never know who might be listening and who can, you know, um, what who can create a bridge to another company or another person that really might be of interest so like bloomberg might be of interest so bloomberg not sports they have a sports division but i was not doing sports but someone who i was working with once i explained my passion and when i like sports was like oh i can introduce you to someone in sports and then once i got in the door there I kept following up. I probably up, like, followed up like four or five times before he responded, actually. I, well, he responded once and then I, he's like, hey, I'll make an introduction next and uh, to the social media team. And I was like sitting there like, this is so cool. Are you kidding me? Social media team at ESPN. And, uh, you know, I was, I was so I got in the door through, you know, friend of a friend or contact for, of a contact. And you were persistent. I was very persistent. So that's like an important thing, I think, also for kids is. Uh, you know, it's not, it's one thing to get introduced, but it's another, like, stay persistent, you know, like 
you want people to, until you get a no, right? If he said to me, hey, sorry, like I'm not going to introduce you to the person, then I can stop. But he said he would, you know, he's busy, he's doing a million things. I kept following up, but he finally gave me the intro. So you keep following up until, until you get a yes, um, you know, within reason, right? Once a week, once every two weeks. Um, but it was a people thing. It was a people thing. And it was me explaining, you know, exactly what I'm, what I like doing. Well, I feel like this industry is all about people skills and building relationships over time. You got to build these connections. Now I'll get you through the front door, which I'm starting to do. And would you say that really set your mentality to get better and better and to say, you know what, I'm going to be with ESPN. This is what my dream is. I got to follow up. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I knew it was a golden opportunity. And I, and I knew that I was really fortunate to be put on an email with someone at, at a young age that happened to be doing something that aligns almost exactly with what I like doing and what I viewed as an amazing social media ESPN, right? So it was one of those things where, yes, and I, and I want it, once you're, once you're in that moment, you know, like you need to seize the opportunity and show your persistence, show your drive and hustle. And, you know, and, it, and by the way, that doesn't mean it's a one-shot deal. You know, perhaps maybe that, maybe if I didn't follow up, Maybe there would have been another way that I would have gotten to ESPN or, you know, another sports organization that took my career somewhere. Um, but I think everything happens for a reason and you, you stay persistent and, you know, you, it's get, just getting an introduction is not enough. Staying in touch is important. That's the key. Staying in touch. Okay. You're at ESPN day one. What's it like? You're at ESPN you must have be a little nervous for day one. I mean, you know, working for the biggest sports company in the world, ESPN. Yeah. Well, Sam, I can't say that I remember my entire day one. I do know it was September 15th, 2014. So I do remember that. Uh, I remember getting my picture taken and I had a lot more hair than I do now. I'll tell you that. Uh, I remember going to the cafeteria and I remember my manager at the time, Kevin, taking me around. Uh, and I believe he might have introduced me to people. He showed me some of the buildings. I'm trying to think if you get a tour on that first day. Perhaps you do. I, I honestly cannot even remember, Sam. It was at this point seven years ago. Um, I believe I got a tour of everything. And I mean, what, the first time you see the studios there, you see sports center studios, you see first take, whatever it might be like, it is, it is amazing. I mean, state of the art facilities. And I know that when I joined, I think shortly after they, or right before that, they had just built the new sports center studios, which are just magnificent. So uh, I can't remember everything, but I do know that, yes, I was nervous. And I would say that I probably started at work wearing like very formal things, dress pants, button down, nice shoes. And then as time went on, I realized I'm like, oh, I could be a little more casual. You know, I'm not as uptight, um, you know, and uh, I can be a little more casual, but in, I was definitely nervous in the beginning. Brendan, you weren't like your friend, Stephen A, who says, if you want to be the part, you got to dress the part. And you are 
friends with him and you were actually mentioned on his radio show a couple of years ago. He says, quote, my social manager, guru, Brendan Kaminsky, makes me follow all these rules. What was that like getting mentioned on Stephen A's radio show? And what are these rules at ESPN that he has to follow? Yeah, yeah no. So, so the context there is he, w- he was going on a rant on his radio show, which was an epic show, um, epic show that he doesn't do anymore. But he was discussing you know, how not everyone likes following the rules, right? And how rules are meant to be broken at times and how he doesn't always like following the rules. And I happened to walk into the studio at the time to to talk to his producer. And it's such a small studio. Like we were in the control room rather. And he saw me walk in and it was just, sometimes when people are there, like if you're his producer, he'll shout you out. He just shout, you know, it just sort of happened that way where he's like, you think Brendan Kaminsky wants to follow all the rules, you know? So no, there, he, that's sort of what it was about. It was about the fact that not everyone wants to go down a straight line and have to do everything that they're told to do. I don't remember what the subject matter was. I'm sure it was talking about a player that didn't want to do something that his team was telling him to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? That was the cool, you know, it was, in, it was so cool. It was, you know, I had to, I had to uh, take that opportunity and post it on social media because I definitely, you know, um, thought it was neat. It was very funny. And he said many a times on his radio show, stay off the weed. <laughs> Were you behind that? Absolutely not. No, no, that man. No, he, he is uh, a one of a kind person. And uh, no, I, I, my role is to help to, to promote all the great things that he does. And uh, it makes my job really easy because he, he's the talent that has all the content. So, no, I was not. Every time I hear that, it gets funnier and funnier every time. But Stephen A, over the years, have, has gotten a reputation for – hating the Dallas Cowboys. He's hated them for years and years. And he's got these skits on social media. How about them Cowboys? Were you behind that? And if so, how did he get to promote it into this big scale it is today? And if you do know, what are his plans with him? Look, any any talent that I'm working with, any person I always will impress upon them the importance of producing content for social media posting videos with your phone to social media right because oftentimes tv personalities they want to put their tv clips up which they should do but it's produced for tv you know if you're shooting with your phone it's zoomed in it's vertical you should shoot vertical. You can shoot horizontal, but you should shoot vertical. And it's for Twitter. It's for Instagram. Like when someone shoots a video, you can tell that like they made it for this. So whether it's him or anyone else, that's just an important strategy. And I think with him, he saw the numbers and the more that he, he did that stuff. And we just, you know, would, would 
see how the reporting shows you should do more of this, you know, and, and uh, everyone likes good numbers and more importantly, like fans like it. And when fans like things and are entertained and engage, that helps everything else out. So um, it's just become, and it's not only the Cowboys, right? Like it can be when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets in game seven of the Western conference finals or, or rather the semi, I think it was a semifinals. Um, that was it. Do you remember that? I don't was, remember which one that was. It was semi because it was semi. The Nuggets played the Lakers and yep. you, you just knew the Lakers was going to win. I want Clippers Lakers. I think that's what we all wanted. I was rooting for the Clippers after the Nets got out to win it all because past guest of Prince on the Pod, Noah Eagle, radio announcer for them, I, root, I was rooting for him. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. I shouldn't know. Yeah. So they lost. So it could be that reaction. It could be when Russell Westbrook gets traded, um, whatever it might be. So that's just an important tactic. And as far as his plans, I mean, look, the plans with, with him or anybody are, you know, if you're a TV personality, it's engage the fans, entertain with good content and keep doing things that'll make people retweet and share. And, uh, and that, that will posit that people will positively react to. So, um, unfortunately this year, the Cowboys have been winning a lot. So there haven't been, there hasn't been too much of that. He has said he likes it when they win early. So the fans will get very disappointed in the first round of the playoffs. So you can have his whole skit, which as a Giants fan, I wouldn't mind seeing the Cowboys lose. Yep. No, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that video soon enough. We will. We will. You said that you're working with reporters, TV personalities. And when you work with a reporter like Adam Scheffner, he gets more views than a regular ESPN post, but he doesn't have nearly as many followers. How does that happen? And do you sit down with him and tell him exactly what to post, when to post and how to post it? Um, Well, first, I mean, you say he doesn't have the followers. He does, you know, especially on Twitter. I'm not sure what, what platform you're referring to, but uh, his Twitter following is more than uh, almost everyone in sports media. His Instagram has been booming. Um, no, I mean, look with, with, a, with a guy like him I mean, he is, you know, he's doing all this stuff himself. Um, I'm, I'm just a resource that can help make multimedia content. It can, you know, if, you know, like, like these, like, you know, these platforms change all the time. So how do, how do I explain what Instagram changes mean and what Instagram TV is and how long video can be on Twitter and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he is uh, similar, like these people, if you're at the top of your game for so long, like you have all the content, you know, you just, uh, you need sometimes to strategize and to know how to put some stuff up and you know instagram as a platform changes almost every day they just released a collaborator feature last week so it's like how does that affect someone like him or another personality and and that's really my role is is the strategic arm yeah instagram has been changing the past week or two I go on, I see the collaborator feature. I'm a little confused at first because I saw Stephen A post something with first take. And I was like, how did that just happen? But they only let you post something. 
they don't let you post a reel with a collaborator, which I think that's going to come soon. How do you think these changes will affect the sports world and how people promote their brands, such as maybe like Adam Scheffner, Woj, will they start posting with ESPN to get more views on their videos and tweets? Yeah, so I think with collaborator feature, it's so early on, but it makes it a lot more seamless to repost content, you know? So what the way I think about it is like a, a basketball team and the NBA or a player and the team or Stephen A and first take, you know, right. It makes it easier. And, and if you're one of these smaller brands and you have these bigger talent to that, that have, you know, bigger audience, this is a good way to be like, Hey, you want to promote the show? do collaborator and we'll both post it and we'll get more views and likes and engagement and all that stuff. So I think it's something that Instagram has needed for a while. Um, Facebook has cross posting on it. Instagram needed it. And it makes, if you're, if you're a social media manager, it makes your life easier. And it's uh, I think it's only going to get more mature. Like you said, you know, with reels and other products and, uh, it's a really good thing because it's it just, it's, it's something where instead of having to ask someone to repost something on Instagram and having to send them the videos or the, the, the photos, you can just say, Hey, I added you as a tag, click one button on your Instagram and put it up. So I think it's a really good thing for the industry. What you just said, I totally agree with, I am waiting, just waiting for the real future. That would make my life promoting Prince on the pod so much easier. <laughs> I am starting to do more and more reels because you said the social media industry is changing and changing. I feel like, well, this is not like I feel like this is happening. The reels are getting more views and that's how you get followers. And TikTok is really evolving into a big social media app. It's not evolving. It is, but I don't know how long it'll be like this. And how are you telling your current clients to use TikTok and Reels and those kind of apps? Yeah, so vertical video content has exploded. Uh, TikTok has really tapped into it more than anybody else. What I try to impress upon people is the importance of this content that isn't overly produced, but is informative and is has utility. So, I mean, there's no denying where TikTok is right now and how much engagement and video views and virality potential that it has. Um, I think that it's one of those things that, you know, some people have a lot going on and they're already on a million different platforms and they're doing TV and they're doing a podcast and every, and like, they don't, they might not put in the time on TikTok because they have other platforms to focus on. And look, I can't fault them for that. I just like to be the voice that always explains to people, anybody, how engaging and how hot that is as a platform and how reels is important to Instagram and how, you know, vertical content, it should be on the top of your priority list. So I try to just be that person to, to give them the update and to make sure that they're on top of their stuff. I think vertical content is becoming more and more popular over 
time and really as the days happen. Do you have any funny stories with anyone from ESPN or any of your clients now that you've spoken about new apps and how you can promote your brand? Um, I don't think as it relates to apps, um, you know, I think with, I think with Stephen A and TikTok, you know, he was, he was kind of like, well, what am I going to dance all the time? And I'm just like, no, it's more than a dancing platform. And yeah. And for, by the way, he didn't want it, you know, he's not going to dance all the time to, you know, for that. So that's why he was skeptical, but I think that's a misconception with TikTok, And I think that's been dispelled over time is like people like, yeah, it's not just like to go there and do trending dances. It can be, but it's a lot more than that. Um, but no, I mean, every now and then somebody will ask about this new platform that comes out, but for the most part, it's pretty set right now with what the main platforms are. And it's just a matter of how they're expanding and how that can affect your content plan. You left ESPN to start Be Known. Why did you leave and what do you see Be Known coming? Mm -hmm. So for me, I departed my full-time role because I was very passionate about doing more than ESPN. I wanted to expand into working with other athletes or personalities or influencers or a basketball team or a startup app. And that was for me, something that was important. And, you know, when you're full-time at any corporation, you're, you're a little more limited. I think I, you know, wanted to be independent to be able to structure my own deals and to be able to diversify my portfolio. And so I loved what I was doing there and uh, we still have a business relationship and I'm able to you know, work with them. And, you know, I really enjoy all the people there and everything that it's done for me. I think it's just one of those things where for some people, right, like doing that is great. And, it, you know, it's an amazing platform. Being behind Disney is like incredible. Um, for me, you know, I just, I wanted to, to do other things that, whereas if I was full-time at ESPN, you know, I just couldn't do it just by the nature of the job. Right. So that's, what's excited, exciting for me. And I think the way that I see being on expanding is to, you know, expand the footprint within sports. And then if it makes sense outside of sports, great, you know, we're going to stick to what we, you know, are passionate about and understand, which is the world of sports and entertainment. Um, at the end of the day, we want to be a, a place where people come to, for branding overall, you know, and that can be in the form of social media management. It can be in the form of monetizing, you know, your, your brand online. It can be in the form of, you know, on-site event strategy. It's just, it really depends on what each um, person wants. Um, but we want to expand, you know, to, to whether it's athlete or startup or, you know, ways that we can sort of work with clients together to match them um, and still staying in media, but just doing more than media. Big plans ahead for being known. And how do you think the NIL deal with the NCAA name in name image likeness is going to affect your brand? Because now you can help college athletes. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that, Sam, because, uh, 
I've had a lot of conversations surrounding NIL. Actually, this this sweatshirt, I don't know if you can if you can see it, influencer. Um, a uh, a company that I'm involved with with one of my clients where you know people influencers been way ahead of the curve doing preparing preparing for NIL for a long time and they connect schools with brands and um, also or connect athletes with brands college athletes and then also help schools uh, distribute content to all their players so uh, NIL is something that um, I've gotten very involved in. I have more brands coming to me and saying, hey, we need an athlete in New York or Philly or whoever, wherever it is. And is there anyone I know? So I've started to have conversations, whether it's directly with kids, um, whether it's with schools uh, or companies looking for NIL strategy. And I'm loving it. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there in, in, in many ways that people aren't even thinking, including myself, uh, because there's just it's a very clean slate and there's, there's a lot of companies that don't even necessarily know like, Oh yeah. What does that mean with NIL? Right. They don't truly have a grasp on it or they don't truly, they didn't think about it in their marketing plan. Oh, we could use a college athlete instead of a pro athlete. So I'm loving it. And I'm only going to continue to try to educate and provide value to kids because they really, social media is, is arguably the most important part for them because that's how they're, I think a study I saw from open doors was like 40% of 47% of deals are from kids posting content, you know? So in order to get content deals, you need to have a following in order to have a following, you gotta know how to grow. So that's where we come in. I think the NIL is a mystery to everyone, not just you and be known, but in the upcoming years, could we see, like an agency like yours target a specific team like Oklahoma or UNC, your alma mater to target those players or just randomly? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to target a team per se, unless there was a company that, that gave a deal to every BYU football player. Um, but I mean, look, there could be okay, the, the, the game last night, um, uh, the Niners played the Colts, you know, uh, Carson Wentz went to North Dakota state, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo went to Eastern Washington. I mean, those are not preeminent. I mean, look, not to you know shame on those schools. Great. You know, they have great programs, but those aren't the top tier Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson kind of places, but there's big stars and big potential there. So I think there will be folks looking at, you know, school everywhere. And it's going to lead to also kids in Eastern Washington who just help, just end up helping out the starting quarterback. And then the starting quarterback becomes Jimmy Garoppolo. And that kid now has a job in the NFL because he was doing an LL stuff uh, with the quarterback that otherwise before he couldn't do. Yes. It's crazy that we had a quarterback matchup on Sunday Night football between a quarterback from North Dakota State and Eastern Illinois. It was crazy. But so one thing I see coming, maybe like a shoe company, like such as Nike, will say, hey, you're the top guy in your class. We'll use Zion, for example. He's in the NBA now. When Zion was in college, if the NIL was a thing, 
he probably would have gotten paid at least a million dollars to wear those shoes off camera and look at it like this. Bryce Young is getting paid seven figures in his endorsements. That's crazy. It is. No. Yeah, no, there's real money out there. As we wrap up this episode of Prince on the Pod, I urge you all to go follow Brendan Kaminsky on all social media platforms. You can go follow Be Known on Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I have not seen a TikTok, so why isn't there a TikTok yet? Yeah, so so Be Known also, I, I respect that you said Snapchat. We do not have a Snapchat. Right now, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. It's Be Known Agency. B-K-N-O-W-N. Um, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have LinkedIn. Uh, to me, I think for now, it makes the most sense for our brand. For TikTok, you know, right now we're focused, if we're going to do TikToks, we're focused on making them for clients. Um, you know, right now, Instagram is really the hero platform out of all of them. And so if you were going to follow us at one place, I'd go there. Um, but I don't want to be spread thin. I want to focus on the platforms that, we can be the most informative on. And I think right now it's Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I gave your personal account a follow and be known a follow. And Brendan, thank you for coming on today. And thank you for listening to today's episode of Prince on the Pod. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Sam.